We are happy actually to have Natalie J. Plum. Um, she's here from the diocese, actually. That is where uh, John kind of made his connection. Um, Natalie is a musician. She's been um, actually even released her own album um, back when she was 18 years old. She is not very busy at all because she does singing, she's worked on novels, and right now she's working on a novel on the ripple effect of simple interactions. So the fact that you can interact with another human and it's amazing how the ripple of that um, affects and impacts their life. Um, I would say that that's God at work in each and every one of us. So we are the hands and feet. Um, she also is a semi-professional ballroom dancer. So that is cool. I have never met anybody in that capacity, so that's fantastic. Um, what she is going to talk to you tonight, she's going to highlight the words of Pope Francis, um, as well as her own experiences and the word of God um, to show you how to dare to dream and how to trust God with your most vulnerable desires. So thank you. We welcome Natalie. voice a little bit here. Is that working? Great. Is that, you can hear me okay? It's lovely. Thank you so much for, for asking me to be here. It's an honor to be here. Um, I wish I could have sat and ate and had a beer with more of you. Um, the traffic got me here a little bit later than I wanted to be, but um, so I'm coming from D.C. But it's an honor to be with, here with you tonight. So, I'm Natalie J. Plum, as Lisa said, and I feel blessed to be here. I work for the diocese in the capacity of digital and social media coordinator, so that means anything from Instagram to Twitter to Facebook. We have all of those accounts, and we also have LinkedIn and Google Plus and things like that, and that's kind of my, the core of my job, monitoring those accounts, responding to followers, engaging followers, producing media for those. And John, when he initially contacted me, said, why don't you talk about all that? And I thought to myself, well, my, the knowledge base for that stuff is about this big. And I don't think I could adequately narrow it down for a talk. It just felt overwhelming when I tried to do it. And so what I'm going to talk to you about tonight, um, Lisa listed a lot of passions that I have, writing, singing, dancing. And what I've discovered in my prayer life is that when we offer God our dreams, our vulnerable ambitions, the things that we want to happen in our lives, without this kind of, I'm not so sure I actually want this, he answers you and he gives you your wildest dreams. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. Um, I don't mean that in some cliche sense of ask for anything and he'll grant it the next day. I mean it in terms of discerning his will for you in your life based on the answers that you find in your own heart in prayer and contemplation, and then taking the power of prayer and using that to accomplish your wildest dreams. So I'm gonna dissect that a little bit. It's a way of thinking, it's a way of praying, and it's a way of being in relation to him. And I'll talk about all of those things. We'll talk about Bible verses and how those reflect all of those things. And also, I'm going to tie in a little bit of music. Um, I love music, so I wanted to, to make this talk a little bit different and play some songs for you. I'm going to play 
two songs, probably, maybe three, probably just two, and I'm gonna have some. <laughs> some audience interaction for one of them, hopefully, if you guys are courageous and want to help me out. Um, so that's what you have to look forward to, hopefully. And I don't know how long this talk is, so if I go too long, just wave at me and say, okay, we want to go home now. Um, <laughs> so uh, I want to start with a quote from the Baltimore Catechism, which I heard yesterday, yes, yesterday was Sunday, in church, and I thought, wow, God wants me to tell the people I'm speaking to tonight about this, which is, prayer is the lifting up of our minds and our hearts to God. And I thought that was so beautiful, and that's section 1099 of the Baltimore Catechism, because what that means is, if prayer is lifting our minds to God, then what we think about is incredibly important. What we believe to be true in our lives is incredibly important. And so that is key for everything that we're talking about here. It's also lifting our hearts to God. But I love that. Prayer is the lifting up of our minds and hearts to God. So, um, also, just kind of a, if you're tweeting, which maybe none of you are, but if you're tweeting at all, please tag me at Natalie J. Plum. I'd be happy to retweet you and follow you and all that good stuff. I can't, can't get the social media bug out of my, out of my speaking here, but... Um, so, I want to start off with a quote, keeping in mind that definition of prayer, which is, one of the most wonderful and exciting facts about your life is that whatever has gone before is merely prelude to what is going to happen to you in the future. There are no limitations on what you can be, do, or have, except for the limitations you place on your mind. Think about that. You have enormous reserves of capacity and potential and talent that you've never even come close to using. Those reserves lie within you, dormant, and are waiting for you to unlock them and bring them into every part of your life. That's from a book called Unlocking the Giant Within You, which some of you might have heard of before. It's by Brian Tracy. And it's not just any book. It's a book that's excerpted and quoted by bulletins throughout Pennsylvania, which is where I saw it the first time. Um, in the Diocese of Altoona Johnstown, their bulletin. And they were trying to encourage people, particularly young people, to go out and chase your dreams and do things that, that, you're, that God might be calling you to do but you're too afraid to leap for. So, I want to actually, if that doesn't inspire you, I mean, Ryan Tracy might not be a name that you're familiar with, but Pope Francis is someone that we're all pretty familiar with being Catholics. And he said something very similar recently, in fact, just this summer in Poland, which I was privileged to travel with our diocese to Poland, to Krakow, to, to visit with 207 of our teens and adult leaders. And um, this is what he said to all of us. He talked about sofas. Thinking that in this world, in our cities and our communities, there is no longer any room to grow, to dream, to create, to gaze at new horizons, in a word, to live is one of the worst things that can happen to us in life, especially being young. When we are paralyzed, we miss the magic of encountering others, making friends, sharing dreams, walking at the side of others. This paralysis distances us from others. But in life, there is another, even more dangerous kind of paralysis, and it's not easy to put our finger on it. I like to describe it as the paralysis that comes from confusing happiness with a sofa. 
In other words, to think that in order to be happy, all we need is a good sofa. Pope Francis continues, a sofa that makes us feel comfortable, calm, safe. A sofa like one of those we have nowadays with built-in massage units to put us to sleep. A sofa that promises hours of comfort so we can escape the world with video games and spend all kinds of time in front of a computer screen. One that keeps us safe from any kind of pain and fear. A sofa that allows us to stay home without needing to work at or worry about anything. That's probably the most harmful and insidious form of paralysis which can cause the greatest harm to young people. Because little by little, others will decide our future for us. And I think when we think about it, we see that kind of happening in our own lives sometimes where we just kind of go with what we think we're supposed to do and we don't really think about it. And Pope Francis continues, for many people, in fact, it's much easier and better to have drowsy and dull kids who confuse happiness with the sofa. For many people, it's more convenient than having young people who are alert and searching, trying to respond to God's dream and to all the restlessness present in the human heart. Um, I loved that quote from Pope Francis, and we'll hear more from him later. And what that makes me think about is one of the spiritual works of mercy. So this is the year of mercy, and we're probably all very familiar with the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, more than we've ever been before. And one of those is comfort the afflicted. And in, a, in another homily, I'm getting a lot of this stuff from homilies because priests have so much to tell us in their experiences. A priest, a while ago, reversed it. He said, comfort the afflicted, afflict the comforted. Now, I don't want you to take that to mean what Mother Angelica once said, which is you're not doing Christianity right unless you're a thorn in somebody's side. Don't go around trying to be you know, an annoying person to people and afflict the comforted. What I want us to do is to take that afflicting of the comforted on ourselves. If we are comfortable, maybe we need to go out and follow our prayers and the most vulnerable ambitions of our hearts and do something that will shape the world. And that's what God is asking us to do, not to sit on sofas, but biblically this is true, specifically these three things. One, God made us to attain the true desires of our hearts. That's how we're made. That's how he created us. Number two, God made us to have confidence when we ask for those true desires of our hearts. He calls us to everlasting hope. Number three, God commands us not to worry about the process and not to despair or have fear. So those three things I want to hit today, tonight. Number one, God made us to attain the truest desires in our hearts. So we're talking about desires. You know, desires used to describe a number of different kinds of things. What I mean here is those things that call us to joy. Those things that cause joy for other people and for ourselves. So a really good way of looking at these kinds of things is as a body, this is from 1 Corinthians 12, 12, as a body is one, though it has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many are one body, so also Christ. And 1 Corinthians 12, 27, now you are Christ's body and individually parts of it. So what I mean by true desires of your heart and what God means when he's asking us to be parts of the body of Christ, of Christ individually is he means fill your part, fill your purpose. 
Do what you're called and made to be, and don't be afraid to do it because I am shooting you along that pathway with, with everything that I can do, with all my power and all my glory and all my omnipresence and knowledge. He's there. And I encourage you to read the entire chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians because there's so much knowledge in there. Um, another book, Romans 12, 4 specifically, speaks about this too. For as in one body we have many parts, and all the parts do not have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually parts of one another. Just repeating repetition through the Bible, God repeats these things to us so that we'll, we'll get them eventually. Now, if we're all meant to live and act through the same lifestyle at a desk and be happy about it, God wouldn't have made us as different as we are. And part of the problem with attaining the truest desires of our hearts sometimes is we don't know what they are. I definitely faced this problem in my experiences. I wanted to pursue so many different things when I was in high school and so many different things when I was in college. And I just kind of cast my net over everything. And I, I ended up happy, but it wasn't until I kind of narrowed down my focus and decided what do I really want to do in my life? Do I want to serve a church? Do I want to go serve in a secular organization and try to bring the church there? Do I want to pursue music, dancing? What, what is it? And I'm still figuring that out. I definitely don't have it all figured out, figured out yet. But it wasn't until I narrowed it down a little bit that I could pursue things more clearly. So the strategy that I use and that I've seen work is the question, what do you look forward to doing, not conditionally, but unconditionally? Kind of like on a rainy day, I don't feel like, maybe I don't feel like going to do a specific activity because it's just not on my heart at that point. But I would say that if you really truly love something, try to find those things that you'll do no matter what. That's a, that's a first kind of tier of discovering those things. Um, when I was in college, I studied print journalism at Penn State. And then I moved back to D.C. where I was born to study broadcast journalism. I thought that I wanted to pursue TV news or radio news or something like that. And quickly, I discovered that that was a very conditional love because I only liked it as long as it didn't interfere with anything else I wanted to do in my life, which was all of these other passions that we're talking about. So that's what I mean when I say find out what isn't a conditional love. Relationships are another great example. Um, you always hear people say that it's a red flag if someone says to you, I'll marry you if you stop seeing all your friends. I'll marry you if you have sex with me. I'll marry you if you wear these kinds of clothes. Someone who's trying to kind of dictate what you need to be or become in order for them to make the step forward and be with you for the rest of their life. That, that's a big red flag in relationships. Same thing with what is the truest desire of your heart. And this doesn't mean we don't do any of the things we're not completely passionate about. I still do things I don't love unconditionally, but it just means that this will help us narrow down in terms of time management what we actually want to do in our lives. So strategy number two, if you kind of think, okay, well, I like two different opportunities in my life, and they're two goods, and they're two things that God would approve of. Pretend like one of those two choices, close your eyes and like pretend that 
that has been fulfilled. And then see how your heart reacts to that. See if, it, if you're anxious, if you're nervous, if, you, if, you're, if it's a good reaction or a bad reaction. Or if, you're, if you feel joy, if you feel happiness, if you feel like you're helping other people when that one of those two options comes true for you. So keep looking for what God has written on your hearts as your purpose and as your source of joy and as a source of bringing joy to others. And then, and then your purpose will become not I think I want to be da-da-da-da, but I know I am a daughter of God and this is what I want to do and this is how I want to serve people and this is who I want to be. So this, ha- this happens to be true with dancing for me, um, it wasn't until someone told me when I was on the dance floor, why are you smiling so much? Um, and it was impossible for me to wipe that smile off of my face when I was moving around on the dance floor, dancing alone or with somebody. And I had no idea how much joy it brought to me until I actually thought about it, until it actually was in my head where I was thinking, what if I didn't have dancing? And then I injured myself at one point, and when I didn't have dance in my life, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. I became a different person. So those are other ways to discover that. That's when I began to understand where God was and continues to call me toward. So I know this is an intimate setting, but if you're able to and if you want to, I want you to close your eyes for a moment and just, no one's going to stare at you. Maybe just me. Um, so think about what, what am I good at? Just think about the things that you're good at and, and put those on your heart and think about those for a moment. Okay. And keep your eyes closed. What, now not only what are you good at, but what are you passionate about? So narrow it down. And then to narrow it down even further, what brings you joy? The kind of joy that brings joy to other people when you do it, when you fulfill that purpose. Okay, you can open your eyes now, but I encourage you to continue thinking about that if you if you feel a little bit lost maybe in where you think God is calling you to be and calling you to to have and to do, and to go home and do those tests that we talked about relating to unconditional love versus conditional love and deciding between those two groups. I love thinking about this stuff. So um, the other thing I want to emphasize is that God meets us exactly where we are, and I'm going to play a song to kind of emphasize that even more. The lyrics to this song go, You found me. You're in me. You saved me and you love me. And he does all of those things in our circumstances, regardless of where we are. And it's beautiful. It's just like Psalm 139 where he says, I have knit you and stitched you, stitched you in your mother's womb. So just take a listen to this.
Luke 11, 13, if you then who are wicked know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So the second thing I want to talk about, given all of those verses, is confidence. Confidence in what you're praying for. He made us to have confidence when we ask for these true desires of our hearts. And he calls us to everlasting hope about those desires. So it's our part to seek, his to grant what we ask, ours to make a beginning, his to bring it to completion, ours to offer what we can, and his to finish what we cannot. I can't take credit for that quote. That was St. Jerome. And then St. Francis of Assisi also said, start by doing what's necessary, then do what's possible, and suddenly you're doing the impossible. So saints, even way back in the day, were, I mean, they're big name saints. They must have known how to do God's will. And they were the people who were saying, go for it, jump, do God's will, he'll lead you. So I want you to honestly think about this question. When I pray, do I believe God will answer me and fulfill my requests? And I can honestly say in my life, there have been countless instances where I've prayed for something and I've thought in the back of my head somewhere, you know what, I don't actually think he's gonna do that. It's too impossible, there are too many obstacles, I'm not smart enough, it would cost too much. I'll just ask him for it just in case. Let's try to, when we pray, and I've experienced this in my own life, fully, when you pray, Believe in what you're praying for. Believe that he has the infinite power and glory and omnipresence and omniscience and all of those good things to fulfill your dreams, to fulfill your most vulnerable ambitions, the things you're too shy to admit, the things that he's placed on your heart for a reason when he stitched you in his mother's womb, as it says in Psalm 139. And if you're in an uninspired rut, lacking hope, God has outlines within the Bible and all these verses that I'm quoting. I've skipped a lot because they're just a lot to read, honestly. Um, he's outlined how we should think, how we should pray, and how we should be in order to fulfill these desires. So ultimately pray and then give thanks for what you just asked for is the bottom line here. Pope Francis is telling us to do this as well. This is from that coming from that same text. I think I'm going to pull it out just to give you a visual. Um, he gave us. Oh, you know what? It's actually here. He he said this to the people in Krakow, and this is no longer an embargo text because it already happened. But pass that around. If you want to look more closely at this text, I've kind of scratched it all up, but um, it's a really beautiful piece. And this is one of the quotes from it. He says, my friends, Jesus is the Lord of risk. He is the Lord of eternal more. Jesus is not the Lord of comfort, security, and ease. Following Jesus demands a good dose of courage, a readiness to trade in the sofa for a pair of walking shoes and to set out on new and uncharted paths to blaze trails that open up new horizons, capable of spreading joy, the joy that is born of God's love and wells up in your hearts with every act of mercy, to take the path of craziness of our God, 
And I love it that he says craziness of our God. Because often when we say, you know when you say to people you love sometimes, Mom, I really, really, really want to do this. And she'll, she'll shoot back at you all these realistic consequences that are very, very, very true. But I love that Pope Francis says, take the path of the craziness of our God. Because when the saints were just people like us on this earth, they did not believe that God had limitations. They went for what God was calling them to do. They went for the crazy path that God was laying before them. So, I want to kind of give a silly personal example. Um, I just released their website yesterday. I wanted to (laughs) kind of get this, this was actually a very strong incentive to get it done, this talk. And I gave myself that deadline because I wanted to, to have something done to, give, to keep encouraging me to develop this, these true desires in my heart. And what's interesting about this is I started it, and Kayla knows this too, um, I started it a year ago, and when I think about it, When I started it, I thought and I believed that it would be really difficult to finish. And I prayed, God, help me have a website. He fulfilled that promise. I had a website a year ago. It wasn't edited, it wasn't finished, it wasn't, there was no text on it, there were were no links on it, nothing. It wasn't until I changed my prayer to God, give me the desire to finish it to do a good job on it, to, to fulfill this dream that you placed on my heart, that I started actually finishing it. And so this, this belief system in prayer works both ways. If, if you are praying for something, really think about what you're actually praying for, because words are powerful and thoughts are powerful. If prayer is lifting our minds and our hearts to God, and our minds are saying one thing, but we actually want another thing, it's powerful. The thoughts are really powerful. So, Pope Francis also said, when he calls us, he is thinking about everything that we have to give and all the love we are capable of spreading. His bets are on the future, on tomorrow, and Jesus is pointing you to the future. And I'm just going to put a little tangential side note of forgiveness. Um, no matter what's happened in your past, and how, no matter how inadequate you might think that you are to accomplish something, if you can't believe in yourself in fulfilling the desire that's on your heart, believe in God who can fulfill the desires of your heart because he is the person, the God, who can do this, right? Um, and confession is kind of, it's a very powerful thing in and of itself because it's an out loud, declaration over sin and it helps formulate the belief system that we will change if you say oh my god I'm heartfully sorry for having offended thee I detest thee all my sins because they just punishment but most of all because they offend thee my god I'm going to sin no more and I'm going to avoid the near occasions of sin those two phrases within the act of contrition I'm going to sin no more and I'm going to avoid the near occasions of sin the only reason we say those two things is because it's a self-declaration of words. Power over sin. It's another thing about the mind and, and lifting up thoughts and prayers to God. 
So, I'm gonna, there's a long, another beautiful long quote from Pope Francis I'm going to skip. You should look up that text. Um, it's really beautiful. So back to that first exercise of thinking about the things that you truly desire in your heart. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes one more time. This will be for a little bit longer. We're working up the, the ability to close our eyes for longer. So you thought about what you're good at. You've narrowed it down to what you're passionate about. And then you've narrowed it down even further to what brings you joy or unconditional love. Think about one, one of the things that you thought of that brings you joy and that you have unconditional love for. I want you to experience from head to toe what it feels like to be present in that joy that you experience from doing that passion or from fulfilling that passion that gives you joy. I want you to picture it, if it's, if it's possible, picture it in 3D, present before you. The experience that brings you joy. Pretend that you can touch what you're experiencing. You can feel it. It's 3D. You can hear it. You can breathe in the smells around you. You experience it fully. Tune into your emotions. What are you feeling? Are they good ones? Then you found a passion of joy. They're bad ones. Maybe you reconsider whatever passion you're thinking about. Those good feelings, those good emotions, amplify them. And everything that you're feeling in this moment, give thanks to God for putting all of this before you, all of this on your heart, the passion in your mind. Thank Him. I encourage you to continue to have that kind of sensory experience of what God has placed on your heart to do your vulnerable ambition because you should fully embrace the fact that God can fulfill that dream for you and trust in his promises. Open your eyes if you haven't already. So how many of you, by show of hands, if you were not too embarrassed to say so, we do not want to raise my hand. Um, how many of you while doing that made compromises on your own thoughts, like saying, um, well, I don't think I could ever actually attain that, but maybe I can attain this thing that's half as good. Or I could never be that smart to get to that place in my life, or I could never accomplish this, or that's just a dream, or it can never happen. I should have both hands up in there, because I do this all the time. Um, so all of us really, if we believe in a God who loves us unconditionally, who would do anything for us, who died on a cross to save us, even while we were still sinners, who went through agonizing pain that none of us who deserve it will ever experience, if we believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who accomplished all of that, this is the question. How dare we not believe that He can do things in our lives, that He can move in our lives, move mountains, how dare we deny him the possibility of moving those mountains along the paths that we decided to take? 
It's like being a branch who rejects the vine and therefore never grows. So Ephesians 1, 18 through 21 says, kind of an inspirational passage, or definitely an inspirational passage. May the eyes of your hearts be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope that belongs to his call. What are the riches of glory and his inheritance among the holy ones? And what is the surpassing greatness of his power for us who believe in accord with the exercise of his great might? May we know the hope that belongs to his call. That's so beautiful. God gives us a special hope, a particular hope, to move forward in our lives and to move mountains. And I give you another quote, not quite by Pope Francis or written in the Bible, but it goes like this. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are meant to shine as children do of God. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give others the ability to do the same, permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. So, Philippians 4.8 tells us, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence and anything worthy of praise, think about those things. Don't think that you're too small to move mountains in this world because God will do it for you. Think about those things that it tells us to think about in Philippians 4.8. And you will move mountains through them. And you'll experience dramatic changes in your life when you do that. I've experienced it myself. And um, this next song, I kind of need a volunteer, preferably someone who knows how to beatbox.
have this all memorized. I just like to have a cheat sheet in front of me. So, if someone were being talked to me, I'd be like, When the clouds clap loud with the thickest of thunder, it's like an applause that's so loud they can hear it down under. When the rain comes down, gonna wash the spider out, gonna come out and dance when the sun is out. Let's out to the thunder, shake your hips and shout. When it rains, we will dance the night away. We will hear the music play. Flashing the ground and I'm jumping around. Ballet on jazz, hip hop, let's bounce when the rain comes down. Gonna watch spider out. Gonna come out and dance when the sun is out. Let's out to the thunder, shake your hips and shout. When it rains, we will dance the night away. We will hear the music play. Because those are the things that that are going to pull us through those circumstances. So the last third tier of this will be short or almost done. Is he commands us not to fret about the process. So everything we've been talking about, we discover our passions or starting to discover our dreams and our the things we, that bring us joy, and we are offering them to him in prayer and having confidence that he will fulfill them. And the third thing is, don't worry about it. You know, don't, don't fret about it, don't think too much about it, think about the things he tells us to think about, right? Ephesians 3, 20 through 21 says, Now to him who is able to accomplish far more than we can ask or imagine by the power at work within us, to him be the glory. And that's kind of the beautiful thing about not worrying about how he's going to do what we ask him to do, is because he will do more than what we ask him to do if we let him. 
And he says in Revelation 21.5, Behold, I make all things new. And he will. He will make all things new in your life if you trust him and if you offer that to him and if you let him move in you. Pope Francis repeats this in saying, That is the secret, dear friends, and all of us are called to share in it. God expects something from you. Have you understood this? God, is, God expects something from you. God wants something from you. God hopes in you. God comes to break down all of our fences. He comes to open the doors of our lives, our dreams, our ways of seeing things. He comes to break open everything that keeps you closed in. He's encouraging you to dream. He wants to make sure that you see that the world can be different. For the fact is, unless you offer the best of yourselves, the world will never be different. This is the challenge. The times we live in do not call for yelling on couch potatoes on sofas, but for young people with shoes, or better, boots laced. The times we live in require active players on the field, and there is no room for those who sit on the bench. Today's world demands that you are a protagonist of history, because life is always beautiful when we choose to live it fully, when we choose to leave a mark. History today calls us to defend our dignity and to not let others decide our futures for us. He wants to build that world with you. So, I'm going to read one more quote from Pope Francis because it's so good. Today, Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life, is calling you, you and you, to leave your mark on history. He who is life is asking each of you to leave a mark that brings life to your own history and that of many others. He who is truth is asking you to abandon the paths of rejection, division, and emptiness. Are you up for this? Yes. Are you up for this? Yes. That's actually written in the text. Um, what answer will you give? And I'd like to see it, Pope Francis says, with your hands and with your feet to the Lord, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Are you up to this? Yes. Thank you. May the Lord bless your dreams, Pope Francis says. So, um, I guess, so that's kind of the end of my talk. I could play a secular, or not a secular song, I'm sorry. Uh, the first two songs are songs that I wrote and that are on this CD. I could play a third song or I could take questions or I'll close us in prayer or however you guys want to finish this out. So do we have any questions? Stand on the song. Stand on the song. I can do that. Um, do you have a preference between how he loves and amazing grace? Okay, cool. <laughs> if you guys want to stand and sing along, be my guest or <laughs> okay, okay. Cool. And then when we're done with this, I'll close us in prayer. Thank you.
those things that you're calling us to accomplish in our lives, but also help us to trust you with them fearlessly in prayer and believe that you have the ability to move mountains and change the circumstances of our lives. And finally, help us please, Lord, to trust in you completely. Help us to lay the burdens and obstacles in our minds at your feet so that nothing can separate us from you. We are not in control. You are in control. Help us to understand that and believe in that fully so that we can let go and let you move in our lives. We ask all of this in the name of your Son, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you so much. It was beautiful. Thank you.